You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Well, good morning, everybody. That's right, it's almost here. I found out with some DNA testing from my, from my niece, they had it done, and there is some Irish in me. Yay! <laughs> so we can be official now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, um, there are five of us sitting in the leadership meeting, and there just happened to be five, ser- uh, this sermon series happened to have five parts to it, and everybody went out and picked one out. In fact, Rick B., who normally says he and I kind of shrink into the chair, he was the first one that said, I'll do number four, <laughs> and I'm just going, and I'm thinking, okay, so when they asked, I said, well, let me pray about it. And so I, I did, I prayed about it, and um, I'm, not a, I'm not a preacher. I don't feel like I'm a teacher, um, but I do love the Lord. And I do, when I talked to the Lord and I, I found out, it's, the name of it is really in the booklet that you'll get after the service. It's free and boundless, but it talks, in this section, talks about the goodness of God. And I thought when I was talking to God, I said, I know the goodness of God. And I know how to tell people about it. I like it preferably on a one-on-one. I prefer our small group gathering. Um, thank you, that everybody that came. You all are friends, and so I feel loved and not so fearful, so thank you. <laughs> um, anyway, this series is called Let All Things Rise. And again, it's five, it's five Sundays leading up to Resurrection Sunday, and you'll have a different speaker each Sunday. And this is, um, it covers the... Um, celebrates an element of God's goodness and the idea that the resurrection was his design from the very beginning. And so everybody will get a booklet as they leave today. Uh, this was written by our Vineyard Worship Director, Adam Russell. Uh, the, the song that you heard before we um, had our communion was based, I believe was based on, he took this and made it into a booklet or a series, but, but it's an excellent song, loved it. Thank you, Mike, for sharing that, wherever Mike's at. Thank you for sharing that, it was beautiful. Uh, he sang that Thursday at Evening Watch, and oh my, you just feel like you were in the presence of God. I, uh, it wasn't very many of us here, but it was just beautiful. I sat about where Ada Margaret was sitting, and it was kind of a cloudy day, but the sun was trying its best to peek through the clouds. And from that window, it went right smack to where I was sitting. Normally, I'm going, I would be going, oh, please. But I just had my eyes closed, and I felt the, the warmth from that sun and the words that we were singing, and I just felt like I was enjoying God. It was beautiful. And I just, I just enjoyed that. So, Mike, thank you for that. If you don't come to Evening Watch, you're really missing something. And morning watch. Um, I just want to, up there, it has God's goodness is free and boundless. The name of it is free and boundless, but like I said, it's all about the goodness of God. God is good. No doubt. All the, that's part of my sermon <laughs> or sharing. Yes, have you all heard that, that adage, God is good all the time and all the time God is good? How many of you heard that? Yeah. Well, yeah, but for a long time, I couldn't say that with a lot of conviction. I grew up in a, in a home that, um, loving mother and everything, but I had a, a grandfather that was a little bit um, 
disconnected emotionally. He didn't really know how to interact with us. I did not live with my father, and um, so I didn't have a father to compare what God, how God is to us as a father. I, li- I also went to a, a denominational church that preached about um, all about God's justice. Very little grace. And so I didn't learn about the goodness of God. I learned more about his judgment and what was going to come. And I know Marsha Banter and I, who grew up under the same denomination, we've had lots of conversations in the past. I've known Marsha probably almost getting close to 30 years, maybe. And, but it took me a long, long time to find out that God was not this mean, tyrannical person or being. I did find out finally that he was a good, loving God. How that came about? He gave me a godly spouse. I remember being counseled um, by actually by Linda Robertson, who was attending her and Mike Robertson's church at the time, and I was struggling. And she said, watch your husband. See how he is with your children. Let him be an example of a go- how a godly father relates to his children. And that would give me an indication of how God can relate to me as a godly, loving God. I also had a church family there at, the, at uh, Life Covenant. And, all, and, and since we've been here, we've been here since uh, 1992, Brian and I have. And um, gave us a loving, godly family to help me learn and walk in this journey. He's given me several godly mentors to help me find this truth. And then I've also had a lot of life experiences that God has just come in and he's poured his goodness out in my life, my husband's life, my daughter's life. I learned the goodness of God through that experience, the experiences that I've, that I've had. He is goodness. He's all about goodness. It's who he is. I did some looking up. I actually went on Google and I looked up goodness of God just to see what it said. <laughs> well, I'll spell Google it. <laughs> you got to be careful with that. But I read an article by a man named Daniel Webster. He happened to be a lawyer, a congressman. He was also a secretary of state for three presidents. But he's quite the speaker. And he wrote an article and it was titled On the Goodness of God as Manifested in His Work. He wrote this in 19, or 1801. From his writing, Webster believed that we know God only through his creation and and his revelation. He said they teach us about God's unfathomable power, God's infinite mind, and God's universal goodness. He went on to say, and I've I've got the quote up here, the whole of his attributes may be therefore expressed in three words, power, wisdom, and goodness. And these are inherent self-existence, eternal, and unchangeable. I just thought for someone in that position, I looked to see if he was a Christian because I thought, how could somebody write that if they're not? And, it, and he was. And I just, I, you know, I don't know what his relationship with, was with Jesus, but I know he had a knowledge of who God was. He knew that God was powerful. He knew that God had infinite wisdom, but he also knew that God, part of him was goodness. When we look to the scriptures, we have multiple declarations throughout the Bible of the goodness of God, including when God himself declared to Moses of his goodness. Um, this happened when the Lord told Moses to go and take the Israelites to the promised land. He actually said he wasn't going to go with them. He said, those Israelites are a stiff-necked people. <laughs> he wasn't happy with them. <laughs> but in the process, Moses 
went to the Lord and he said, you know, I, we don't want to go. I don't want to take these people there unless you go with me. And he says, it's a witness to the people that they're in the cities they're going to. If you don't go with us, they're not going to understand this. They're not going to see the God that loves us. But after, after he appealed to the Lord, then the Lord said, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. If we, let's look at Exodus 33, 19. Then Moses said, after this conversation, and the Lord agreed that he'd go, now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. Can you imagine what that was like? He went up on the mountain, and God passed by. But he told Moses he couldn't let him see his face, so he put his hand over Moses' face as he passed by. He let, God, he let Moses see the back of him. Well, that was enough, because <laughs> Moses came down off of that mountain, and his face was just lit up. I mean, it was just shining. He eventually had to put a shield, or a shield, a veil over it before the people, because, I mean, the people, got it was, I mean, probably scared a lot of them, you know? He was glowing. That's how I think the Lord's goodness is with us at times. Have you ever had something happen, and you just knew it was the hand of God, you knew it was the goodness of God, and you're, you're just kind of in awe? Or you get goosebumps, because it's just like you're just awestruck. It's, you realize it's the goodness of God. And I bet if someone could take a picture and capture that look on your face, you'd be glowing. It might not be shining bright as the sun, but there'd be something different about you. I just really believe that. And I just feel like that's what happened to Moses. Uh, and then there's King David. Now, remember, in, in all this goodness, we're trying to look back over the historical, just to show you that there's a lot of goodness going on here. David was chosen by God to be the king of his people. But his journey wasn't a piece of cake. Just because he had been selected as king by the Lord, David learned a lot about God's goodness through you know, biblical history. Things passed down. He knew of the God's goodness. But I also believe he saw goodness in his life many times over. And the Psalms just goes to prove that. On more than one occasion, his life was in, his life was in danger. I mean, there were... Several times people were out to get him, kill him. And then there were times that he made some not-so-good choices. But he, he saw God's hand of goodness, and he wasn't afraid to declare it. The Psalms are full of his declarations, and we've listed a few up here. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah. Another one, answer me, Lord. Out of the goodness of your love, in your great mercy, turn to me. Third one, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. And one of my all-time favorite, and I've used this as a prayer, and some of you know this, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Amen. That is a prayer I have prayed on more than one occasion. 
circumstances arise and I would just say, God, I want to see your goodness in the land of the living. I don't want to wait till I get to heaven and see all the goodness. I know it's there. I want to see it in the land of the living right now in my life, in my husband's life, in my daughter's life, in your lives. I want to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. We also read about the Israelite people acknowledging the Lord's goodness when they built the Ark of the Covenant, or they brought, excuse me, brought the Ark of the Covenant to the temple that Solomon, King Solomon had built. It's in Second Chronicles. And it reads, The trumpeters and musicians joined in unison to give praise and thanks to the Lord, accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments. The singers raised their voices in praise to the Lord and sang, He is good. His love endures forever. And then again in 2 Chronicles, at the beginning of the temple dedication, King Saul had built a bronze platform, and he got down on his knees, and all the people were present, and he got down on his knees, and he said to the Lord, Now arise, Lord God, and come to your resting place, you and your ark of might. May your priests, Lord God, be clothed with salvation. May your faithful people rejoice in your goodness. And I really, yeah, it is, isn't it, Marcus? No doubt about it. And that's what we were doing this morning. We were raising our voices, and we were praising God, and we were being faithful and rejoicing with God, about God's goodness. Biblical history continues. It's uh, Ezra, Nehemiah, and more talk about the goodness of God. So there's proof there. If you want to know more, you can go to BibleGateway.com and write, type in goodness or good, and it's all at your disposal, all about the goodness of God. One aspect of God's goodness is that it is free and boundless. God is free. There is no one or in, no other being that it, our Heavenly Papa is answerable to. Yes! He is not like a CEO of the universe where he has a group of other beings humans or any other type of creatures that act as a board of directors who can question him either of his motives or his desires. Hallelujah. <laughs> um, he gives freely of his grace. He gives freely of his mercy. He gives freely of his justice, his love, compassion, and his goodness. He is free. With that being said, God is not just a chess player up there taking us around and going, whoo. You, I'll put her over here. No, I'll put her over here. He could have done that, but he gave us, but he chose not to do that because he gave us free will. To accept an invitation to have a loving relationship with him that always allows him to put those gifts into us, the grace, the mercy, the love, and the goodness of his into us and into our lives. God is also boundless. Now that word boundless, I like it. It's, it's a word that I don't use a lot. So what I do when I find a word when I'm reading scripture, I go and I get my, my thesaurus out or I get on the internet and I look up Webster and I get on the thesaurus to find a word that is, means the same or a synonym of boundless is what I did. The reason I do that is because sometimes I can find a word that I relate to a lot better. And boundless, although I understood it, I wanted something I could really relate to better. And the two words that I most easily identified with are endless 
and immeasurable. And the reason I can identify with those more easily is because I understand the opposite of those. I know what it means for something to end. I know what it means for something to be measured. We learn, we learn young that most everything is that comes to an end. And a lot of things are measured. Uh, one example, school. School ends. College ends. There's a, there's a the beginning of school and there's the end of the class. There's the end of going to school until you decide not to take any more classes. There's always an end to it. It's also measured by grades. GPA, a letter grade, those are measured. Jobs or careers, they sometimes come to an end. Well, they always do. Either you retire or maybe they close down and hopefully maybe you don't get fired, <laughs> but those things do happen, but they end. Seasons change or the end, and things, seasons change or ends for the year. I can say that I really am not thrilled with winter and I'm always glad to see when it ends because I'm excited for spring to come. And I was getting real excited until yesterday. <laughs> I wasn't real thrilled to look out the window and seeing it snow. I really wasn't. And I know my husband wasn't because he was hoping to work outside a little bit. But didn't get a chance to do that, so I told him that was a project I'd like him to do indoors. <laughs> um, but I'm always glad. But they, they change. They just change. Family dynamics change. Children leave their, home, their family of origin and they marry or they just go on to pursue a career. Some marriages end. There's divorce or there's a loss. Children grow up. The babies don't remain the same cute little cuddly creatures that we had. They turn into young adults with minds of their own. <laughs> the, is, the list is endless and that pun was intended. So, but you get what I mean. Okay, so boundless, immeasurable to me and endless to me. God's love and his goodness for us is free and it's boundless or endless and immeasurable. God loved us from the beginning and his love for us will continue. It'll never stop. We can never measure how much love, compassion, and goodness he has for us. It's just not possible. We can't put it in a box. We can't put it in any kind of container because we couldn't find anything big enough for it to fit in. Remember, it's immeasurable. No exactly. And praise God, it's not recycled. <laughs> I don't know how recycled goodness would look. I don't really want to. God's love, his compassion, his mercy, his goodness is not only free, endless, boundless, and immeasurable, and not unlimited, but they are new every day. A general reminder in Lamentation says, his compassions are new every morning. Remember the manna that the Israelites received every day? It was only good for that day. I don't want to see what it looked like the next day when they tried to save it. It wasn't good anymore. It wasn't good for them anymore. I really believe that God gives his goodness every day, fresh and new, whether it's every day or every circumstance. I think God's goodness is fresh and it's new. And he is free and boundless to give it away when he chooses to. He has no limits. And God didn't just show the Israelites his goodness. He made it available for all people. Paul sums it up this way in Ephesians. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles 
the boundless riches of Christ. We're included in this. No one is exempt from receiving or sharing in God's boundless love and goodness. We just have to be willing to recognize it, receive it, and allow his goodness to infiltrate our souls. God is also, he's everywhere. I don't know if you ever heard the thing as a kid. He's everywhere, he's everywhere, he's everywhere. You remember that kind of little term as a kid? Well, he is. <laughs> he's everywhere. His goodness is everywhere. Sometimes his goodness is like a bright beacon of light. It's immediate, and you can instantly recognize that it was the hand of God displaying his goodness to you. One example of this is when I met my husband. I get to tell a story. <laughs> uh, my brother and sister-in-law um, had met a young man from the church. My sister-in-law, they, they attended uh, a Christian church, um, and they'd met at a Christian church, but then she, her, her, she was a music major, so she was an organist and a um, choir director at, an, at a Methodist church, and Brian happened to, happened to attend this Methodist church, and they got to know Brian, and so they told me about this young man, said that he was a real nice guy, and he was a Christian, and we talked on the phone several times, and eventually we made a date. I think we talked maybe a month, maybe, but anyway, um, I, so anyway, we went out on a date. I immediately liked him. I just, I really, really liked this guy. He was gentle, he was compassionate, and he is kind, and he loved the Lord. I knew that Brian was a gift of God's goodness from his heart to mine. I just don't doubt that a bit. Funny thing is, when Billy Graham was here back in 1980, Brian and I both were Christians. We both had signed up to uh, work after the, what do you call them, the, the crusade in a church, the basement of a church. We had both, we didn't, hadn't met here. We both had agreed to work in the basement of a church. I, I was in typing. They would, they would get the names of the people who came forward. We would type them up, and then they would be, go to a church so that they could uh, get the church and the people together so they could get discipled not just leave them hanging after they accepted the Lord. I was in the typing section, and Brian, I think, was in the mailing section. Is that correct? I don't remember. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we never met then. It was 1980. We didn't meet then. I don't know why, but God in his goodness, he knows why. We met through my brother, even though they weren't really a members of it. I know it's just really kind of different, you know? But it was God's goodness. And just to make the story really short, we met at the end of October. We were engaged three months later, and we were married by the following September. God is good. He knew the exact person I needed. He knew the exact person Brian needed. I hope that still stands. <laughs> um, but God is good. And I just, you know, that was nothing but God's goodness. And I recognized that. And I still recognize that today, after 38 years of marriage, that Brian is still God's goodness to me and to my life. Also, God's good goodness is evident in nature all around us. It's in the flowers that spring up each year. It's in the uniqueness of the animals and the bugs that he's created. I see his goodness in the gorgeous sunrises and sunsets and the way he planned the different seasons. His goodness brings life and it sustains life in all things. I really enjoy uh, when it's warm out sitting on my patio it's not a fancy patio, it's a slab of concrete. 
But I like to sit out there in the early morning hours with a cup of coffee and have my devotions or just sit out there and enjoy what God's got on display for me to enjoy. His goodness, those things are good. He created them for us. You know, they didn't just have it in the garden. He's got it here for us to enjoy. I know Bob Combs enjoys the birds that come to your feeder, don't you? Yeah, love it. So he created that for our enjoyment because he's good. Another example is that I see God's goodness in the community of believers that he's placed in my, fa- in, placed in my family or placed my family in. My daughter has lots of spiritual aunts and uncles here that I would trust to give advice, wisdom, and counsel. I've witnessed God's goodness in the lives of my closest friends. I've seen them go through things, and I've also seen them come out the other side, and it was the goodness of the goodness of God. Amen. <clears throat> I've seen little goodnesses. I know that's not proper English, but I've seen good little goodnesses, and I've seen big goodnesses. And you can quote that. <laughs> I also believe that at other times we might not be aware of the goodness of God until later, especially if it comes during a difficult moment of life or that it becomes evident when we reflect upon the process. One example of this was when there was a period of several years in a row that seemed very difficult financially, emotionally, and spiritually for my family. My husband's company was getting ready to close their doors. He'd been there for 20 years, and he was hoping to retire from there. While he was waiting for the doors to close, uh, he decided that he would get a, uh, another, pursue another career. He decided to pursue, pursue nursing. He was an EMT. He had been an EMT. He also was first responder at his job. So nursing seemed kind of the next thing to try. He applied for nursing at Ivy Tech, and he was accepted. He was taken general study courses when during this time our son unexpectedly passed away. He ended up having to drop several classes due to, the, due to the stress of our loss. Then he had to give up the nursing program because the doors still hadn't closed on his job and he couldn't do the daytime schedule that the nursing program required. <clears throat> Eventually the job doors closed and Brian applied again for the nursing program. Again, he was accepted. Now, I don't know about, if you know this, but getting in at Ivy Tech in their nursing program isn't just applying. You have to show that you, you get, you're, you're qualified to do this. So for him to get accepted twice was pretty miraculous, and I really believe it was the goodness of God in that. He finished his course, and he's got his RN degree now. Also, in the midst of all this, I changed jobs And in parentheses, I put, this was actually one of those beacon, bright beacons of God's goodness um, for me because Gloria Goodwin was our former secretary. I don't know if everybody knows that, but Gloria was our previous secretary. (laughs) And I I had subbed for her on some vacation time she had, but she decided that she wanted to lay that down. And I got a phone call and they asked, would I come? I was working for um, special education at uh, one of the schools in Greenfield, and we had, the year before, when we had lost John, and I was struggling. Emotionally, it was really hard going to work, especially in that field, um, still grieving, and it was really difficult, and so 
when they said that, we prayed about it and felt like that was a good move for me. So I came here. What better place could God have placed me to grieve a loss of a child? I could be myself around these people. I could cry whenever I needed to. I could have a bad day and just look at Rick and I'd say, it's a John day. That was the goodness of God placing me in this job. But I did recognize that then. I did recognize that. And I look back now and I was just like, oh, thank you, God. And Glory, thank you for allowing me to um, come after you. So thank you for that. Praise the Lord. Yeah, I've lost my place. <laughs> oh, thank <Yeah>. you. <laughs> um, let me find my place here. But during a lot of this, I, I only saw the struggle. But you know, that's what Satan wanted me to do. He's out to kill, steal, and destroy. He's out to harm his people. And I, during that time, it was really, I mean, I could see the little goodnesses, but the, the, I really was struggling because I was in grief. And Brian, losing, you know, losing a job that he thought he was going to retire from, it was a real struggle. But when I reflect on this, here's what I see that represents God's goodness to our family. Financially, I am still amazed that although we were just living on my paycheck for a while because Brian had uh, gone through school and then he had a difficult time getting a job, uh, they wanted years experience, he didn't have it, he was a little older, had gray hair, we thought about coloring it, but we didn't. <laughs> but, well, we did. I don't think we did, did we? No. <laughs> Um, so, but it was a real struggle, okay? Uh, but anyway, God made, made sure that we were able to keep our home. God was good. Yeah, and I can say today, our house is paid off. Uh, we were also the recipient of a good, during this time, we were also the recipient of a good used vehicle. The giver insisted on buying us new tires for it and paying for our license plates and registration. Goodness of God through his people. And then emotionally, God had surrounded us by a loving, caring, and praying body of believers. They walked this whole journey. Through this whole couple of years, they walked this journey with us. I am forever grateful for this church family, our home group, and our extended family. And here's, here's what I mean. When our son passed away, I got the phone call on a Saturday Saturday mid-morning. Brian wasn't home from school yet. And Hannah and I get ready to go to the hospital. I called Glory, who's secretary then. I told Glory what was going on. We didn't really know anything, but I told her what was going on. I don't know what she did. She got God's goodness task force moving. I kid you not. She got the task force moving. God's goodness task force. She called her husband. Ken met my husband at, in our driveway after he got home from school and took him to the hospital. I got, Hannah and I got to the hospital, and Rick and Debbie Francis were there immediately, and I don't know how many. I think I remember seeing, seeing Karen Newell and John there. I, I can't remember. It seems like I remember them. They were youth leaders of John's. I've seen a whole bunch of people coming into the emergency room for us. 
God's goodness task force. I kid you not. They took, and I'm not telling you this to feel sorry about the loss of our son here. Okay, that was a loss, and that we 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 grieved, and we we still have moments of grief. But what I'm telling you, in the midst of all this, God, we've seen God's goodness in so many ways. Yeah, it was hard to see all of it at the time. After we left the hospital, Ken and Gloria Goodwin took us up to John's apartment. They drove us up there so we could check on some things. They took us home. When we got there, people were already there at our home. We had people bringing in food, bringing in paper goods to supply us for however long we needed. We had people there to hug on us, to love on us, to, to, to share the grief with. God's task force, goodness. Even had my ladies' home group ladies, my, lady, my home group ladies, offer to take Hannah and I shopping to get an outfit to wear for the calling and the funeral. People don't just do that unless they're image bearers of God and his goodness. We were taken care of in so many ways. I don't have time to share it all. But we were in, in an established community of loving, caring people who knew God's love, kindness, and goodness, and they knew how to share it. And I just thank you guys all for that so much, for allowing God to use you in that time in our lives. And spiritually, my relationship with the Lord it changed a lot during this very difficult time. I asked God tough questions. He was faithful to answer. Some of them I didn't like. <laughs> he led me through the darkest time of my life. He became a closer friend than I could ever, ever imagine. And he loved me like a papa should. I learned a lot about what a papa was during that time. Part of God's goodness is his compassion and his honesty. I asked God at one point, where were you when John died? And I heard in the car with him. It wasn't until a few years later that I got a bigger picture of what that meant. Anne uh, was wanting to print some pictures and her computer wasn't hooked up to the server or to the printer and something, so she ran them through my through email and I was printing them. One of the pictures was of a lion, kind of like the one that looked like Aslan and the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. You know, he's not one of these like growling looking ones, but you know he's not one to be messed with? Okay. Kind of don't mess with me. I looked at that line on the computer and immediately I got a picture and a clear word from the Lord. I saw the lion. He knew, I knew that he, it was representing God or Jesus. I, 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 I could see it, that he was in the car with my son and he was staring right back at the enemy who was trying to take my son's life. He was trying to take John out. And I seen the lion take his hand and put John right behind him. And he said, he's mine. Yes, John went on to be in heaven. But you know what? He's home. He's with the Lord. Yeah. 
John could have lived and he could have been unresponsive the rest of his life. He could have, but he would have hated that. And we would have hated to see that for him. I believe God spared his life in that way, in that way too. I believe that the Lord's kindness and goodness rescued John. He was John's defender. And that is the goodness of God. I didn't need other people to tell me, oh, he's in a better place. I got to hear it from God. I got to know it from God. And that's what I needed. That's what my heart needed. This doesn't mean that I don't miss my son. I do every day. And sometimes I have periods of mourning and loss. And praise God, I'm still working here at the church. And when I have a day that's, I still am allowed to grieve. And I need a Kleenex here. My nose is starting to run. I don't have the coronavirus that I know of. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. But that is, again, where the Lord is gracious. Because he provides me with friendships. He provides me with workers in the kingdom to share and be honest with where I'm at and encourage me and to pray with me. And this last January, this is the goodness of God because I was struggling again. It's been 11 years, but I was struggling. I was struggling with some grief. And in walks Anne. She had a white, white rose all wrapped up for me. She had one for my daughter. Do you know how precious that is? That's just God's goodness reflecting. Yeah. Um, Pastor Rick and Debbie came in, gave me a card, and gave us something that we could go out and have lunch with because we usually go out to lunch on John's birthday, a special place that he liked to eat. God is good, and he places us in places where we receive the goodness from God. If we become more in tuned to God's tokens of goodness, whether they are little or big, whether they're during moments of joy and laughter or during moments of sorrow and grief, we can see where he is and what he is up to. These tokens of goodness are like breadcrumbs. And I, I, that's not original. That's in your booklet. <laughs> I like that, though. They're like breadcrumbs. They can lead us to where Papa God is at, into his loving arms of love and safety. I like what the booklet also says. God's goodness is permission to live in another narrative. What a different story we could tell if we notice more of the goodness of Papa than we notice of those things that don't go right in our life. People would be drawn to us because we are reflecting more of the Father. The goodness of God is foundational to what it means to be the people of God. We are, after all, his image bearers, right? Okay, let's think about all the people that are feeling fearful and anxious during what's going on in the world right now. We've got all this arguing and all this stuff going on politically on both sides of the aisle. And then we have the coronavirus. There are a lot of people that are afraid, afraid and scared out there. And they're, they're not sure what to do. And even though it's a good thing to isolate if you're sick, and I'm all for that, it can still be a very lonely place to be for a day and for, or 14 days. It can be a very lonely place to be. But as beloved children of Papa God, we've got a part to play in this. How can we safely and lovingly be the image bearers of the Lord, showing his compassion, care, and goodness to the world that seems so chaotic right now? It's a good question to be asking ourselves. 
we can be a beacon of God's love and his goodness out there. Not just inside these doors, but out there. And today, if you're staying for the food pantry, that's going to be us. We're going to be a beacon of light to a lot of people. But we can be doing that at the stores when we go. You know, there's a lot of people getting all upset about can't find this, can't find that. We can be a beacon of light for them, an encouragement. We can find ways to show the goodness of God. I want to reflect on Papa's, good, Papa's goodness and all that flows out of it. His mercy flows out of his goodness. His grace flows out of his goodness. His love flows out of his goodness. His compassion and his faithfulness. And I want to share it like he does. Free and boundless. I want us to, um, we're going to play, um, and this just came this morning, so thank you, Ken, for looking this up and playing it. And I was quiet before the Lord, and I just, I thought of that song, Good, Good Father. And I just want you to, if you, if you have the opportunity, just to close your eyes and just receive the words from this song. I just think it's excellent. And then after the song, we're going to have the worship team come up and sing our all, Let All Things Rise, or All Things Rise Again. And I just want to encourage us, if you want prayer for anything later on, but right now I just want us to go ahead and just close your eyes. Stay, if you want to stay seated or if you want to raise your hands during the song or worship, that's fine. But let's just let it wash over you. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.